0: Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 8 of the first series of the Dorset Growth Hub podcast. In this episode we are talking to Ro Holston, the Head of Procurement at ITV. Ro has a passion for driving the agenda for diversity and inclusion within the procurement and supply chain industry. She believes we should all have a commitment to educating ourselves and others about diversity, building within the teams we create around us as business leaders. Row provides tips for businesses looking to improve diversity and inclusion within their organisations. We have launched a series publicly on the back of the great success of our audio conference Beyond 2020. All the episodes will be released over the coming weeks and we hope our great guests can inspire and motivate you to adapt and pivot in your business. If you are looking for more support head to our website dorsetgrowthhub.co.uk, register and our team of business growth consultants can offer you 12 hours of fully funded business support through events, tailored one-to-one consultations and financial help. We really appreciate your support for this podcast so if you enjoy the episodes please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe. So let's get into the episode and over to your host Rich Byrne.
1: Good morning bro. thank you for joining us today.
2: Morning Rich. How are you doing? good, thank you.
1: Good. I'm
2: pleased to join you, pleased, pleased to be invited to, to participate good. in your podcast today.
1: Thank you, Mom. we're really glad to have you. Thank you for, for taking the time to to be with us today. So Ro, just for those listening, do you mind introducing yourself and, and your role and what you do?
2: So my name is Ro Holston and I work at um, ITV, which is a uh, public service broadcaster, uh, biggest commercial broadcaster in the UK. And I'm Head of Procurement and the, uh, and in a specific area of Broadcast and DTC, which are two main business areas within the business. And I've been at ITV for about nine years, for way too long. Started off there as a, as a vendor manager within IT, and I've progressed. Through various roles uh, and now I'm kind of head, head of this, this, this part of procurement and before then I worked at various other broadcasters I've also worked in the mobile industry yeah I've, I've worked in business development and marketing but um, I've ended up in uh, procurement which is where my career is is now great
1: so we're going to focus in on diversity and inclusion today that's the kind of key topic around our, our audio conference which is happening for the rest of the week um, so to you then, what does diversity inclusion mean? Very broad question, but it's good to narrow it down because everyone has a different perspective on it.
2: So I think diversity uh, inclusion is is all about expanding a culture and ensuring that within your community you take into consideration a broad range of different 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 people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different beliefs different ethnic backgrounds, and of course, you know, uh, women and, and men in equal measure.
1: So often, I think when we talk about culture, diversity, inclusion, it comes under for a lot of people under kind of an HR umbrella, I guess that's where they kind of tend to picture it in an organization's perspective. So, so from you in procurement can you tell us a bit more about kind of what it means to you and in your role and what it kind of looks like as a kind of maybe, I guess, the sort of tangibles of it, I guess?
2: Within procurement, I would say it, it is a diverse in, in some ways and less diverse in others. And the, the, the piece of procurement that I find personally the most frustrating is in the leadership of procurement. I think you'll find that the majority of procurement leaders are are men. And the majority are from a uh, white, white background. And I think that's where procurement's got quite a lot of work to do as a function. Uh, I think it's different to the rest of finance, where there's uh, there's far more diversity. But I think it's own little specialism. And because of the nature of the role and perhaps people's ideas about how someone from procurement should be and uh, the traditional uh, kind of associations with procurement, I don't think it's well branded itself in the kind of diverse and inclusive networks. so I think um, I think we have a real challenge attracting people into procurement who have a diverse background I think they probably think that that's it's not for them so part of the reason I wanted to come onto this podcast and the part, partly why you know I, I like talking about this stuff is that I think we out of all of kind of kind of shared functions within an organization and I'm thinking across HR, finance, marketing. Um, actually, I think procurement is one of the areas where we have, uh, well, probably the worst branding, and and, the, and 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 attract the least amount of kind of diverse of a diverse talent. Uh, that said, during my time at ITV, I have tried to be across every single recruitment that I possibly can to try and get ITV to change. And ITV is a very is a great place. For change and really embraces change, and uh, you know is is I would say a representative more representative than many procurement departments of across, across a range of backgrounds. Um, but this isn't about necessarily just ITV. This is about the procurement function and the procurement specialism.
1: Sure. So I mean, you touched on there, you know, in terms of. Demographic in terms of procurement attracting predominantly probably male white, so so obviously you're not male, but so so what was it was did you look at procurement as something that you really chased after, or was it something that just you mentioned some of your background and your role? Is it something that what you know kind of what attracted you to go into them procurement? I guess.
2: So that's a great question. Uh, I started my career, as I said at the beginning. Uh, not within procurement, but I came via various other routes. And in fact, where I started getting interested in, in procurement was in a contract management role at the BBC. The BBC had a big procurement team, and I wasn't part of that procurement team. And I wanted to be part of that procurement team. And although I was working in a role that uh, was was highly skilled, um that community didn't see me uh, as, uh, as they, they, they wanted me to be in the team, but they wanted me to go into the team at a lower level in order to reskill. And so at that point, I decided to look for uh, joining a procurement team that didn't have this, the same outlook. And I ended up at ITV. Like I said, ITV is different. ITV is much more inclusive. So, you know, there's a really great example of where, one organisation isn't that inclusive within the procurement specialism. Uh, and and perhaps that wasn't to do with the fact that I was a woman, but it certainly there was a barrier there. Uh, and I think this is the, the issue that procurement has as a function. It's easy to create barriers mm-hmm. if you're looking to create a barrier.
1: I see. OK, that's interesting. That's interesting to hear those two different perspectives as well.
2: Um, yeah, and that and that's why procurement, I think, as a as a general industry, is is quite different in whichever organisation you're in. And so, my challenge and and what what I'm passionate about is making sure that we kind of break down any of these barriers. Because I've obviously been very successful at ITV in a procurement role, and for some reason, the BBC wasn't seeing me within that light within that procurement team.
1: So what? So what? What skill sets do you think that you had, you, you've got now, and and have learned that have made you successful? Then what? What do you think has has led to this point?
2: So I think there there there, there um, are lots of reasons why you are successful, and I think what's been critical critical to me has been having a really supportive network, you know, and this spans across friends, colleagues, and family. I think you also have to act on instinct and realize when things just aren't going to work out, which is. That BBC example. Sure. And also to have really good in depth category experience. So you've perhaps worked somewhere where you've been able to take the time to really understand the, what you're the category that you're buying in. So perhaps you've worked within that category, getting some training and establishing a really strong skills base. And what I've found as well, and what I've done in the last couple of years, is I've joined a couple of procurement organisations, and I've taken some, done some more training, and become part of the procurement community. At uh, you know, which I which I didn't have before. So now I'm I'm something called MCEPS, which basically means um, I'm part of the Chartered Institute of Procurement.
1: Okay, so within your organization at the moment what what initiatives are there so actually we we can talk about your organization or or other organizations you've been in and just in general i guess in in your sort of working capacity so what initiatives are you involved in um that you think have worked really well so i know on your on your other podcast that you're on with martin smith the talent talks which i listened to the other day you talked about an embrace network so do you want to just expand upon that and and maybe other networks
2: there are several networks um that are available. And I as I guess said this perhaps on the podcast that I've, I've not really engaged them because as a working mom of three, I found it really challenging to do my to, to, to fit in the time to do my job and look after my family. And actually, over the period of lockdown, I found that remote working has lent itself to me finding a couple of hours in the day that I didn't have before. And so I've been able to engage with 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 more 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 of the networks within ITV and outside, and, and and there are two two networks in particular that are worth highlighting at ITV. And there's there's a, a women's network uh, specific for women in technology, which is um, a, you know a great way to get your yourself talking to other women, uh, finding a mentor, uh, and also um, highlighting your own skills and the other network which which ITV has which I'm which I'm engaged in is ITV Embrace and this is more about a wider uh, diverse it's not focused just on women but it's a focused on um all uh, people from ethnic minorities as well and uh, any any other culture and belief so it's a wider network and everyone who works for me I encourage them to, 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 to join that so that they get to hear from other people around the business about their own experiences and how they can participate in the network, no matter what their background is, in order to help break the cycle, essentially, uh, and help with the change movement.
1: Can I just touch on, you mentioned there about being involved in a women's network uh, specifically. Do you, do you have any sort of tips or advice to give to, to other women? going into into procurement.
2: So, I you know, it's a really diverse and enriching career for some. It's not for everyone. Sure. Procurement can lead a great thing about procurement is it can lead to other career paths, but equally it has its own career path. So you could spend some time in, in you, you, as I've done, I've came from a different background into procurement. I've now stayed in procurement, but there I think there there, there are just as many ways to move out of procurement as well. So it's a great, 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 great part. It can be a great part of your career. You know, you need to be bold when you work in procurement because you're in a shared service function. You're not, you're, you're, you're providing a support to other people. So you've got to be really good with people relationships and you need to be able to provide a service to your stakeholders. Uh, we've talked already about your depth of your category knowledge. That's also going to help you succeed in procurement. But you also need to recognise when things just aren't working out and kind of leave your ego at the door.
1: Sure. It's important, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. Another question then. So so if we go back to to focus on uh, sort of diversity and, and inclusion. for I mean, this, this podcast is going to predominantly go out to uh, sort of Dorset business owners and then across the South Coast as well uh, as part of our sort of uh, programme of, of events across this audio conference in terms of measurement then i think i always think this is quite an interesting one because i mean i'm 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 one who's terrible for measuring stuff i very much go with an idea pretty sure it's going to work and then as i go people go okay so how are you going to measure this then i think oh yeah i hadn't thought it really through that far but so in terms of if you're a business owner or or a head of a department in an organization and diversity so culture diversity inclusion is something you're going to focus on as an initiative or feel that it's the time is right to key into this what are the kind of measurements of success or just measurements in general or are there not any that, that you need to think about
2: so my new favorite word is tokenism oh and that's where you get to quite often when you go into measuring the sure. degree of diversity inclusion in your own organization Uh, you know, having quotas for the amount of hires of uh, people from certain backgrounds or genders, Uh, uh, you know, and trying to balance that with the population, you know, in, in the country. So I think that's what you have to try and avoid. That's a pitfall. But in terms of measuring whether or not it's successful for your business, well you should measure it in the same way that you measure anything else uh, you know are you is your business more successful as a result of your inclusion and your uh, and and your approach to diversity well that would be that would be the ultimate measure for me you know are you creating better have you got better creative ideas coming out of your of your of your business have you got better engagement have you got uh, you know across your um you know working population are people looking at things differently and ultimately is your business more successful i think those are i think ultimately that has got to be the ulti- the the way in which you measure uh success of any network um so and, so you know, it's not think- it's
1: not it's not tokenism as a, as an initiative it's got to be integrated to to business objectives the same way you know a marketing department sales department it has to align with with where the business is going and not this kind of separate entity that that gets worked on and 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 becomes almost silo in a way it's it's fully integrating it into the rest of the core of the business
2: Yeah exactly uh, and I think a lot, and I and I and I have been through a couple of uh, initiatives at ITV now around uh, diversity and, uh, I think ITV probably has suffered from that in the past, but now ITV has got a, a female CEO and she's, she's really encouraging diversity across the whole of the organization. She's, she's, she's introducing it at the board level and she's, you know, she's, she's giving people, uh, a view that they haven't had before of what good looks like in terms of diversity. And you know, I think if anything, this will be her legacy um, when she moves on to, to 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 whatever she moves on to next. If indeed she does, uh, I think will be the the impact she's had uh, on uh, on our culture in that respect.
1: Great. Well, it's yeah, it's great to have someone like that leading the way, isn't it? And and obviously, I can tell by the way you're talking about, it, it's an inspiration to you, I guess. It's important to yeah, have those it, role model. It's it's to say.
2: Inspiration. You you can't you can't really be a leader. Who is someone that you can aspire to be, and that, I think that speaks volumes. And that's why it's so important. Coming back to procurement, why it becomes more diverse in nature, and that starts at the leadership level.
1: Sure. So just just a final question for you, Roe. And, and I've avoided specifically mentioning the word or what it's what it's called in in these times that we're in, that's how I refer to it, the past six to eight months, these times that we're in. Um, what impact have you seen on on the culture, your working environment as it stands at the moment? And I mean that from, it could be from a, a challenging perspective or a real positive perspective.
2: Obviously, like many people, I've been remote working throughout this period. And uh, that you call this the, 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 the event. Let's say the
1: event. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> uh,
2: and, and and you know the, the the great thing is that it's not just about it's not just about changing. You know, not going into the office. It's about being able to work in a way that allows you to engage with your family and with your home life and your local community. And of course, one of the great benefits, I think, as a keen cyclist. Is the um, the reduction in uh, road traffic and um, the effect effect that it's going to have on the environment? I think is this never would have happened had we not all stopped and had to take stock of our own commute and our own situation. So I think those are that. I think that actually the environmental benefits are one of the huge huge benefits that we've that we've had. Uh, people taking better care of their health, being more um, accountable. So I think on, on a loaded levels. Now, there are a lot of bad as well, obviously. The impact on the local health care is, uh, is is obviously massive. And the pressure it's put on some people and, the you know, some people in particular, the key workers and how uh, we have to support them. That's That's really... It, Important and and guess what a lot of them are from minority backgrounds right and uh, and are probably you know uh, re- relatively low paid so that brings diversity inclusion even more into the agenda
1: and in and in terms of you mentioned you're working from home you said you're you're head of of your team. What about your team and and the culture there? Are there A lot of them working from home now or, or in the office. How how is that kind of view as a team network and all the diversity that that has and people's you know change forced upon them? How how have you coped with that?
2: That that has that has really changed obviously, and I think a lot of managers would have been very worried by the by the um, prospect of all their uh, team working from home and not being able to see what they're doing or whatever. And I, I, I think that's uh, very much a trust issue. I have a good relationship with my team. But what I have found is that I'm talking to them more on a one-to-one basis and I'm having more regular check-ins. So the way my style of kind of managing my team has had to adapt uh, because I've realized I need to support them in a different way to how I was supporting them when we were in the office. But a lot of the uh, controls, uh, well, controls is probably the wor- wrong word, but a lot of the ways in which we we, we track our work a lot of that hasn't changed because we already had good systems and tools in place to help us do that. Uh, So I think as long as you have those systems, you have to have processes and systems in place in order to support you uh, in this kind of new remote environment. And you have to, and you have to have trust.
1: Yeah, it's the biggest thing, isn't it? And building that that trust takes a bit of time, actually, doesn't it? I think, you know, you you, you realise how trust in in so many ways can be can be shaped and changed and, and augmented, you know, in terms of the way people work and the way they communicate. I know, for instance, just speaking from personal experience in terms of trying to build that trust, half of our team were already field-based and working remotely anyway. The other half of the team were very much based in the office. But I think overnight, you kind of, we all felt we were all trusting of each other, but I think there was we actually realised there are two different ways that, the team worked. Those that were remote had a different, slightly different way of thinking and working and communicating, and those that are in the office had something very different. But what it's done is actually bring us all really together and be a lot more inclusive, I think, in our mindset because we all understand each other a bit better. Um, so it's yeah, it's really helped strengthen that that trust and, and relationships, I think. But one thing I'm, I've definitely learned, I think you talked about communication. I think for a period we were over communicating because there was this fear of well, if we're not communicating, what are we doing? How you know, how does people know what what we're up to? Um, so, yeah, interesting to learn from our perspective. Anyway, Ro, I'm now rambling on about my, my working world. It's not about me. But I think we're done for today in terms of having this great chat. Really appreciate your time. So thanks again, Ro. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you. Thank you to Ro, and we hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about culture, diversity and inclusion, you can listen now to the two other episodes featuring Jen Swain and Agima Tuma or skip ahead to episode nine where you can hear from them all in the Q&A. So thanks again for listening. Head over to our website or leave us a message to let us know how we can support your business. And please subscribe to be the first to listen to the rest of the series of the Dorset Growth Hub podcast.